Blog Talk Radio. Welcome one and all to the Parkinson's Recovery Radio Network. Parkinson's Recovery was founded in 2004 to provide support, information, and resources to any and all individuals who currently experience the symptoms of Parkinson's disease. I host individuals who have a variety of different backgrounds, and today I have a very, very special guest. Dr. Tom O'Brien is truly an internationally recognized speaker and scholar specializing in all sorts of interesting areas, in particular gluten sensitivity and autoimmune disease. Dr. O'Brien is the author of a recently released book, which is called The Autoimmune Fix. And I also know that many listeners have also had the privilege of being able to watch a number of the videos in the series called Betrayal that Dr. O'Brien has hosted. And that actually, uh, heads up to everybody, uh, there is an encore presentation of free access to all of those wonderful videos that I have watched, and I strongly recommend this weekend. So, Dr. O'Brien, from the bottom of my heart, I want to thank you for taking the time to be a guest on the radio show today. And the one thing that I have to do is be sure to click you on, Dr. O'Brien. So let me say it again. Thank you for being a guest on the show today. Oh, my goodness. Well, thank you. It's a pleasure to be with you. Thank you. So tell us all about yourself. Well, okay. Let's see. Um, um, I've been in practice for uh, 36 years, and uh, the... I'm on the teaching faculty of the Institute for Functional Medicine, and the reason that's important is because I believe everyone needs to understand functional medicine and include it as a primary approach to how do they look at their health and dealing with their health. So this started 37 years ago, last week. 37 years ago, my daughter was, her birthday was last week. 37 years ago, my ex and I could not get pregnant, and so I was an intern at the time, and I called the seven most famous holistic doctors I'd ever heard of and asked them, what do you do for infertility? And they all told me what they do, and I put a program together, and we were pregnant in six weeks. And my neighbors in married housing, we lived on campus at the time, them, they had been through artificial insemination and nothing had worked, and I said, well, sure. They were pregnant in three months. So uh, I came out into practice hot to trot, just ready and willing to give every person guidance in how to successfully achieve a pregnancy. And um, there's not much in medicine that's all or every, but this isn't every. Every single person that had hormone imbalances, every single person, now I can say almost every single person with brain dysfunction for the purpose of this talk today, but every single person, what I learned back then, with hormone imbalances manifesting as recurrent miscarriages, infertility, um, uh, menstrual cramps, ovarian cysts, low testosterone, 
every single person had as a component of what was causing their problems a sensitivity to a food that they were eating regularly that they did not know they were having a problem with. Everyone got me interested this whole world that developed as functional medicine. And from the functional medicine world, what we learned is that practically every disease, including Parkinson's, practically every disease is a disease of inflammation. At the cellular level, the cell's on fire. And so there's a basic foundational premise that we all need to consider, and that is, the question is, is it gasoline or kerosene? Is it a brain cell or a kidney cell? But there's an underlying mechanism to the development of practically every disease, including Parkinson's, and that is there's inflammation in the body. So, Mrs. Patient, if you pull at a chain, the chain always breaks at the weakest link. It could be at one end, the middle, the other end, brain, your liver, your kidneys, wherever your genetic weak link is, you pull on the chain, that's where the chain's going to break. And for the listeners of this show, a genetic weak link for them is their brain, and specifically the area of the brain called the substantia nigra which is where the damage to that tissue is what causes Parkinson's. So what we're going to talk about today is relevant to every single person listening to this show. If you want to put the fire out, you have to understand the big picture view of fire, fire in the brain, and stop treating the smoke and put the fire out. We have to start thinking about putting the reducing the inflammation. That's a basic premise for this talk today. Dr. O'Brien, when I learned about your amazing betrayal series, I was totally enthralled because I have been trying to recruit functional medicine doctors to be guests on the radio show for a couple of years with no success. You succeeded in getting uh, dozens of amazing scholars and doctors to be guests uh, interviewed on your betrayal series. Now, when people look at that introductory video, the title basically of the video is Autoimmune Disease. Some people who are watching the video in the first minute or two are thinking, wait just a minute, uh, why am I getting a link to autoimmune disease video? I have a diagnosis of Parkinson's disease. This doesn't apply to me. Are they right? No, they're not. Uh, actually, a primary component in the mechanism causing Parkinson's is an autoimmune mechanism. There are many components to this but a primary component is the autoimmune mechanism. And when you understand the autoimmune mechanism here that's at play, the result is you have new questions to ask and new ways of looking at this condition, which help to reduce the fire, reduce the inflammation, which allows you in some cases, depending on the degree of severity of the Parkinson's, to arrest the development of it. You can freeze it in its tracks. So this topic is of great relevance to people with Parkinson's or Alzheimer's. It's a very, very relevant topic that just is a component. There's no sure cure answer 
to these diseases that we get because, you know, we've all been raised in a world that thinks, uh, uh, oh, how do I say this? My goodness. You're driving down the highway and the hot light comes on on your dashboard. How many people pull over, turn the car off, get underneath the dashboard, cut the wire to the hot light, start the car, and drive away thinking everything's okay? That's pretty darn silly. But that's exactly what we do in our medical system. We look for the symptoms, and then we look for the drug to get rid of the symptoms. Now, there's nothing wrong with addressing symptoms and reducing suffering. Of course, that's critically important. But that doesn't address the mechanism that's causing the inflammation that causes the eventual symptoms. So, yes, we want to address symptoms, of course. We all want to feel better, but you don't stop there. And unfortunately, the medical profession, the training in medicine, is one that's based on symptomatic relief. And when you ask, why do I have this? You get the same answer that you got 45 years ago if your grandfather was diagnosed with Parkinson. Well, we don't really know. It seems to be genetic. We don't really know. It's the same answer because the emphasis is not at looking at the underlying triggers that set this off. In any disease, whatever the disease is, we always want to address the inflammation. You're fueling the fire. Is it a kidney cell or a brain cell? Determines what your symptoms are, but you're fueling the fire. We have to understand that there's more than just trying to address the symptoms. I'll say this again and again and again. And unfortunately, people with Parkinson's, they're suffering. They're suffering dramatically, and they've been locked into a way of thinking that doesn't allow a lot of room for common sense. And common sense is, if, you've got, if, you're, if there's some food you're eating or if there's some environmental exposure you have that's causing more inflammation, it's going to make your symptoms worse. That's just common sense. So we want to include a bigger picture overview of what's causing these conditions for people. And that's what we're going to talk about today. The emphasis in your approach and work, then, is healing from the inside out rather than suppressing symptoms. That is exactly right. That is exactly right. Let me give you an example. Let's just dive right into it. The papers came out a couple of years ago, and there has been more reinforcing research papers since then. The mechanism in the development of Parkinson's includes this misfolded protein called alpha-synuclein. Alpha-synuclein deposits in the brain, in the substantia nigra, triggers the inflammation that kills off the cells of that area, which eventually, I'm, I, I don't know how many cells there are. I'm going to make up a number. Let's say there are 25 million cells that make up the substantia nigra. I'm just making a guess. So if you're killing off 500 cells a day, that's not a big deal. You can't feel that when it's happening. You can't feel when the inflammation is killing those cells off. When you kill off uh, 10,000 cells out of 25 million, you can't feel it. When you kill off 100,000 cells out of 25 million, you really can't feel it. When you kill off 500,000 cells out of 25 million, now maybe you get a little something. You know, you notice there's a little something. You're not quite remembering the way you used to, or 
you feel a little tremor inside or something. When you kill off 3 million cells out of 25 million, now you're noticing there's something going on here. What is this? And for most Parkinson's patients, they've had hints of symptomatology for years. It was ever bad enough to where it was obvious. And they may have ignored it, but it was going on for a long, long time. And it includes the deposition of alpha-synuclein proteins, these twisted proteins in that area of the brain, causing the inflammation that was killing off your cells. What they just discovered recently is that the misfolding of the alpha-synuclein occurs in the gut. It is the lack of good bacteria and too much of the bad bacteria, it's called dysbiosis, in the gut that creates an environment that misfolds these proteins. And these misfolded proteins, they go right through the walls of the gut into these uh, inside, inside the tissue, into the nerves of the gut. And the nerves of the gut are called the enteric nervous system. These proteins go right into the neurons of the enteric nervous system, and they creep neuron by neuron back into the spine. These proteins just kind of mosey along neuron by neuron, and they get into the spine, and they get into a nerve in the spine called the vagus nerve, and they creep up the vagus nerve, up the spine from the pelvis, up into the low back, up into the mid-back, up into the upper back, up into the neck, up into the brain, and they have kind of a magnetic pull that goes right to the substantia nigra, where they trigger this inflammation, and then you start killing off those cells. That is the primary reason why so many Parkinson's patients have a history of constipation for years before they ever had any symptoms. Years. And they dealt with the constipation however they dealt with it. But it was the dysbiosis, the abnormal bacteria in the gut, the poor environment of the gut that set this whole thing up years and years before they ever started killing off brain cells. So a primary component to address and it's true for every autoimmune disease, a primary to address is build a healthy gut. You have to build a healthy gut to calm down the inflammation. Now, unfortunately, when you get a diagnosis of Parkinson's, you've got a raging bonfire. It's no longer just a cell on fire. There's a huge bonfire in there now, obviously. And so as you start to work on healing your gut, you may not feel better in the first couple of weeks or the first month or first couple of months. But my position is that irrespective of what you're dealing with, whatever your complaints are, you should notice that you start feeling better, that you're on the right track within three to four weeks. Three to four weeks, something should be different. You're sleeping better. Your bowels are better. Your energy's up. Your mind's a little clearer. Some of the some of the neurological symptoms may reduce a little bit. You should notice changes within three to four weeks when you do a comprehensive approach to addressing your gut. You're listening to the Parkinson's Recovery Radio Show. I'm your host, Robert Rogers, founder of Parkinson's Recovery. My wonderful guest today is Dr. Tom O'Brien, who is the host of the Betrayal Series. 
The Betrayal series will be available for free viewing this weekend. Be sure to provide your email so that you can receive a link to get access to all seven of those videos this weekend. It's an encore presentation. I want all of my listeners to know I've watched in each and every one of the seven videos and found useful, helpful information provided in each and every one of the videos in that particular series. It's well worth taking your time to stop and watch some of those videos. I've got a number of questions that have been submitted to me that I now want to ask Dr. O'Brien. And many of these people have watched some of your betrayal video series. This question comes from Mary. Which gut tests do you recommend for folks with Parkinson's? Where does one get these tests done, and who interprets them and makes recommendations? That's a really good question, Mary. That's a very good question. Um, on my personal website, the dr.com, the doctor.com, just don't spell the word doctor out, just the initials dr, the dr.com, you'll see the tests are there. And what we recommend is that you go on our website, you see the test. Uh, the test you're asking about is called the gut pack. G-U-T-P-A-C, gut pack test. And you write down the name of it. You write down the lab. It's Vibrant America Lab. And you take this to your doctor and have them order the test because we want the doctors to learn about this. And when your doctor orders the test, he, he won't know how to interpret it. And many doctors don't like admitting they're not quite sure how to interpret a test. But, you know, this is new for me. I'm not, really not familiar. So you, you, if you preface the request, you know, Doc, I know this is a new test, new test for you, new test for me. Could we learn about this together? That takes the pressure off of them to know everything right up front. And so it's the gut pack test. And um, if your doctor will not order the test for whatever reason, won't order the test, then you can order it on my website. We have uh, people who are trained to interpret these tests. Uh, so once you order it, then... Uh, uh, you also have an option. You, you can get a consultation for the interpretation and what it means. So what this test does is it looks at the DNA of the bacteria in your gut, and it'll tell you what do you have lots of families of and what do you have not enough of and what do you have way too much of, the wrong kinds. And then you start a protocol to start to um, repopulate your gut with the healthy bacteria. Uh, it's not something that's done with one pill overnight. It'll take you a couple of months. Uh, you change your diet. You increase certain foods, and it just depends as to which foods. depends on what you've got going on. And within a few months, you know, wow, my bowels are working better than they've worked in years. Wow, I'm, I'm feeling better. Oh, gosh, I'm sleeping better. I think my, my tremors are a little bit less. You know, you just start noticing some subtle changes to begin with. And then hopefully that will continue for you. It depends on how far developed your disease is as to how much response you get. You know, if, if I'm making up the number, if there's 25 million cells in the substantia nigra and um, 18 million of them have been destroyed because of a lifetime of inflammation or decades of inflammation in there, uh, it's, you're not sure how much um, result you can get. We're just not sure. It's always worth trying, but give you the example in Alzheimer's. Dr. Dale Bredesen runs the Buck Institute at UCLA, that's the Alzheimer's Research Center at UCLA, and he published a paper reversing 
completely reversing Alzheimer's in nine out of 10 patients within five years at UCLA. Nine out of 10 card-carrying Alzheimer's patients reversed within five years. And, but there was no one thing they did. There were 34 things on the checklist. Do they have this? Do they have this? Do they have this? Do they have this? And what do we do about this? And do we have to change, change these foods? And so um, it's very hard to find the right practitioners, but we'll help you. We'll help you. We're, we're working on that now because we have um, thousands of people that are asking, uh, how do I find someone? And certainly you want a functional medicine practitioner, but even in that world, you want a functional medicine practitioner that really understands this, understands this whole concept of uh, gut rehabilitation, that we have to rebuild a healthy gut. So uh, you can go to my site to get the test. And direct answer to the question, gut pack is the test you want to look at for what's the microbiome of your gut looking like. For clarification, the address of Dr. O'Brien's website is thedoctor.com, and I'm going to spell that T-H-E-D-R dot C-O-M. I have several questions, actually, from Blanca, so I'll start with the first if you have an autoimmune disease, what test do you need to determine what toxins, nutrient, and mineral excess of deficiencies, et cetera, you have? Well, there's an entire battery of tests. Uh, there's no one test that does all of that. Uh, there's an entire battery of tests for the toxic environmental exposures at Cyrex Labs Array Number 11 for food sensitivities. Uh, it starts with wheat. That's the most important one, and that is the uh, wheat zoomer. Uh, you'll see these on my website. Um, for further food sensitivities, it's Cyrex Labs Array Number 10 that looks at the difference between cooked food and raw food because when you cook food, you change the structure of it, and sometimes people are sensitive to the altered protein structure of the food when it's cooked. For example, when you do a blood test to check for sensitivity to chicken, I'm gonna make it up, chicken, the laboratory is checking to see if you have a sensitivity to chicken, but they use raw chicken. How many of you eat raw chicken? It's not an accurate test. It's the test they came up with 20 plus years ago, and they're still doing it. So Cyrex Labs will look at cooked chicken, and they look at broccoli raw and broccoli cooked, and they look at beef raw and beef cooked. Because some people eat carpaccio, that's raw beef. Some don't. But um, it's not as simple as you know one test that looks at all of this. So there's a number of tests that have to be done, and it's a good clinician um, who's been working in this field for a long time uh, who knows, you know, you get the history of the patient and you then know which path do you start down. Let me give you an example. One of the things, oh, just a minute, I have to blow my nose. Okay. Um, one of the um, um, really important components in a functional medicine evaluation of a patient is to get the big picture overview in how they live their life and what's their health history, what have they been exposed to. Um, and doctors don't have time to do that. 
How many doctors have you been to that asked about your mother's pregnancy with you? Or uh, what was the birth like? Was it traumatic? Did your mother receive any drugs during the birth process? How many prescriptions for antibiotics have you had in your life? Was it for ears or strep throat? What was it? Uh, did you have acne as a child? All of these things make a difference. It tells us it's a treasure map that tells us where to find the system out of balance to begin with. So if you have a skin problem, you don't address the skin. You have to look at and address where imbalance of energy is. The time for history is an hour to an hour and a half. For that, they're not paid for uh, a service that became available uh, to pay 79 to use the service. And then patients go to this website and answer all of these questions. It's pages and pages of questions. They really get you thinking. How much trauma have you had in your life? Did you ever get hit in the head? When, many times, did you play soccer school, doing it, but, you know, all those kinds of questions. And then their computers put it together in a condensed, shortened, and uh, it's a great, great service. So, Dr. O'Brien, some of what you were just discussing got a little bit garbled. So I understand there's a particular assessment instrument. Could you just repeat exactly how people can get access to that? Actually, I believe here, everyone who's listening live, uh, we just lost our connection with uh, Dr. O'Brien. So I'm going to see if I can uh, reconnect to him right now. Hold on. Just uh, hold on and see if we can. And we're, you may be able to hear, but we're calling him right now from the control board to make sure we can reconnect. Hello. Hello. We just got disconnected uh, for some reason. I was just telling listeners yeah, that, so that, happens, yeah. that that happens uh, oh, uh, periodically. And uh, we'll just, uh, for people who are listening to the replay, we'll delete <laughs> that bit of garble that uh, came through. So you were discussing, but we were hearing you in and out, fading in and out, uh, this comprehensive assessment. Could you just repeat for listeners uh, a little bit more about that so we can be sure to have that clearly indicated here on the show? Yes, of course. Yes, of course. I'm so sorry that happened. So the, the, the Living Matrix is a service that became available this year for doctors, and it's doctors only. And it, it allows the patient to go online on the doctor's account and answer all of these great questions. Like, tell us about your birth. Um, did your mother have any drugs at birth? Was it a C-section? Were you breastfed? Did you have antibiotics as a child? How often? All of these questions that have a role to play in, well, as an example, in how your gut works for the rest of your life. And remember I said earlier about Parkinson's and gut problems, that people are set up very early in life 
so that the weak link in their chain may be their gut or it may be the brain. It's all of the things that happen to us earlier in life that set us up for the conditions that we get. So we have made the living matrix available to every person who attends betrayal at no charge. So you can go to the living matrix and fill out the entire questionnaire on my account, and then we give it to you. Say, here, just take this to your doctor. Show this to your doctor. It's going to help them think a bigger picture. And also, hopefully, you'll, you'll find a functional medicine practitioner to include on your healthcare team, and you'll take it to them and say, look, look at this. This is from Dr. O'Brien. So they'll say, whoa, this is excellent. Excellent. This is very helpful. Thank you, Mrs. Patient. So that's the living matrix. So in answer to the question, what test do I do? It depends on where the problem is. And to answer the question, where is the problem, it's not your symptoms, it's where is the system that's out of balance that's triggering the problems. For example, if you were a landscape worker, if you worked a lot in landscape, you got exposed to a lot of toxic chemicals. And it's very well known that landscape workers have a much higher incidence of Parkinson's because those toxic chemicals accumulate and cause inflammation in the area of the brain called the substantia nigra. So your history is really important to determine where do we look first? Do we have to detox for chemicals? Do we have to see if there's chemical accumulation in the body? Are there heavy metals in the body? Is there a nutrient deficiency? Are there food sensitivities? There's no simple answer to this. But what I'm hoping people get out of today is that there is a path that you can follow. And you find someone to work with you on that path. And at Betrayal, you learn a lot about the questions to ask, an understanding of the mechanisms that are occurring uh, in your body, and leads to find practitioners that can help you. On the radio show page, there is a link to sign up to be able to receive access to the Betrayal series this weekend, all seven of those amazing videos. A second question from Blanca is the following. After being diagnosed with transverse myelitis in 2012, I am now suffering from neuropathy. Currently, I see many ads in the paper, mostly from local chiropractors, who claim they can cure neuropathy by following their protocol, which includes several tests plus a diet and supplements program and including cold laser treatments if warranted. The program runs about $5,000. I would like to have a way to check the validity of the test and the approach that they propose. I would too. I'm not sure what to say to that. Uh, I'm I'm not sure what to say. You know, (laughs) Uh, 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 transverse myelitis is an itis. It's an inflammation. So the basic principles of inflammation come back into play again. So one of the questions that I would ask with the treatment of any disease is what's causing this disease? What's the mechanism causing this disease so that it doesn't come back? And if the doctor answers that question in a way that makes sense to you, then you might consider following that advice. Now, I personally have a hard time uh, with a package. You buy this package, 
and we'll fix your disease. I've got a problem with that. Personally, as a clinician, I just don't understand that mechanism. Now, and my rule of thumb in my practice has always been three weeks. I don't care what you come in with. I don't care how bad it is. You should know you're in the right place because you're feeling different. You're feeling better within three weeks. If you're not feeling better within three weeks, we go back to the drawing board. I missed something. And there's a really good analogy for that, that my friend, Dr. David Jones, who's the president emeritus of the Institute for Functional Medicine, teaches doctors all the time. He gives the example. He goes into uh, a treatment room and sees a patient, walks in and sits down and says, hello, Mrs. Patient. How's that dot, dot, dot doing, meaning your migraines or the pain from the ovarian cysts or whatever it should be. If the patient says, I'm no better, and he reviews the recommendations and say, were you able to do this? Yes. And did you do this? Yes. And did you do this? Yes. Completely? Yes, completely. So you've done everything I've recommended and you're no better. Yes. Dr. Jones then closes the file and says, excuse me, walks out of the room, closes the door, takes a deep breath, walks back into the room and says, hi, I'm Dr. Smith. Dr. Jones asked me to come in because he doesn't know what's going on. Let's start at the very beginning. And he starts over. Tell me about your birth. Was your mother sick during the pregnancy? Were you breastfed? And he just goes through everything because if they're not better, he missed something. The basic premise of functional medicine is that you should feel better within three weeks. That's my position on functional medicine. I'm not sure every functional medicine doctor would agree to that, but I do. You know, that's, that's my position. You're not going to be fixed. You're not going to be healed. That's nonsense. But you'll, you know you're in the right place, that you feel better. You're getting better. So that's a bottom line with any protocol. So I would want to know, where is this coming from? What's the trigger to it? Uh, how long will it take before I'll feel better? Not fixed, doctor, but before I notice a change for the better. Those are the two things that I would want to know. And just to speak to chiropractic, sometimes a musculoskeletal problem is the cause of any disease. It's unbelievable sometimes what you can do when the spine is out of balance and you balance the spine. It doesn't fix everything, but it may help anything. It may. So it doesn't matter the profession. When they're a functional medicine practitioner, they think the big picture. That's their training is to think the big picture. A third question from Blanca is the following. I am watching and enjoying the Betrayal series, which is an excellent program. However, I am having difficulties taking all the notes I want to keep and building up such lists on my own. Any way that you could address that issue for her? Yes. Um, we've made it available to be purchased for $47. And you, you can download the whole thing. So you get 85 world experts, the world experts in autoimmunity and talking about inflammation and how to address it, and how to think about this. And I, I made it as inexpensive as I possibly could. I mean, it's all free. You, you can watch it all online, but if you want to watch it again and again, it's $47. And there's a bold package version, which um, has all 85 interviews, the full interviews. 
So in, you know, in the episodes, each episode may have eight or ten different specialists and some patients who have reversed their disease. And we take three minutes from this doctor and seven minutes from this doctor, and, and we make the episodes to create the story of each episode. But the gold package gives you all 85 full interviews. It's like 85 hours of interviews with the transcripts so that those that want to listen to this over the course of the next year, you will learn so much from it. Uh, you'll just be shocked, and you'll see the behind-the-scenes stuff when I'm asking a question and uh, we start, you know, we're laughing because I said the wrong word or, or the, the, the doctor has said a very technical word and I've tried to make it sound more simple, and then he starts laughing. I mean, it's, kind of, it's cute. You know, in the midst of this very serious information, it's, uh, it's fun to see how the interviews are done. So the, the silver package is available for $47, and the gold package is available, I think it's $297. So you can listen to this again and again and again for $47. The following question comes from Rita. Greetings from Washington State, Dr. Tom. I am fighting to reverse my Parkinson's disease symptoms, which are a left-hand tremor and a left shoulder freeze. I have been using the Dr. Gray protocol with L-DOPA, L-tyrosine, 5-HTP, and B-complex for nearly a year now, and quite frankly, am tired of taking so many supplements twice a day. My symptoms have lessened in intensity, but do you have a suggestion of what I can do? I eat well and keep on the move, but I would like to know more about what I can do to reverse my symptoms. It's a really good question. Um, the first thing we do with every chronic disease, it doesn't matter whether it's Parkinson's or Alzheimer's or rheumatoid arthritis, the first thing we do with every one of them is rebuild the microbiome. That has to be a critical component of addressing any disease state, is evaluating and rebuilding the microbiome. Critically important. So I don't know if you've done that. It doesn't sound like you have. The second thing in rebuilding the microbiome is what am I putting down into that gut? And so that's food sensitivities. So that's the uh, wheat zoomer test and uh, Cyrex array number 10. Uh, they're both on my website. And that gives you a good overview about food sensitivities. So those are the two things that I would focus on uh, if you've not already dialed those down. Next question is the following. Quote, I am inspired to make changes to my diet. I have a gluten foods and dairy products. Uh, I've given up gluten foods and dairy products for about two years, and having had symptoms for five years previously, I remained pretty well for 11 years after the appearance of my symptoms when I went on medication sentiment. I didn't feel at the time that the exclusion of gluten and dairy made a whole lot of difference to my health. However, I now understand how important it is to get, quote, all your ducks in a row. I have worked a lot on my health, particularly the issues of trauma, and am now revisiting the issues of toxins and diet very seriously. My 
first question to Dr. Bryan concerns maintaining calorie intake. I have always been slight, but now have no weight to lose. Quite a lot of calories come from gluten foods and dairy. I don't eat processed foods or drinks. So I would like his advice on how best to maintain my calorie intake. The situation is complicated by the fact that I am very sensitive to the effect of protein on sentiment absorption. A case of the tail wagging the door, dog as drugs are supposed to make my life easier, but that is another story. Comments? Okay. Uh, excellent question. Uh, the first thing is address your microbiome. Evaluate the microbiome. If you're not gaining weight and you're increasing um, nutrient-dense calories, uh, uh, there, there has to be a reason why. Uh, there may be malabsorption. You're not absorbing the nutrients very well. And in that world, you have to say, okay, why am I not absorbing? And in that world, you then look to the microbiome. And you see, uh, is my microbiome in balance or do I have dysbiosis? So that's where I would start. My second question, what does Dr. Bryan think about microwaves? I'm guessing it's a no-no, but what does he have to say about them? <laughs> One of the uh, uh, measurements of health in one's body is called the phase angle. And you, you measure a phase angle. And at birth, it's about 8, maybe 8.5. Uh, when we're close to the end of our lives, it's about a 4, or 4.5, something like that. Most adults are about 7 if they're relatively healthy. Uh, uh, Lance Armstrong and Evander Holyfield, those two tremendous athletes, both had face angles above 11, unheard of, but above 11. So they, they really had a very different cellular structure. Um, so humans uh, at birth, our face angles about 8, 8.5. A vegetable, if you pick a vegetable out of the garden and you measure its face angle, it's in the mid-40s. When you microwave that vegetable, its phase angle is zero. There's no life force left in the vegetable. There's vitamins and minerals and fiber, but there's no life force. There's no enzymes. There's nothing. So uh, when you microwave your food, you kill the food. And there's no life force left in the food. You know, if we take that to meats, if you think about the meats that your grandfather or your great-grandfather ate, what did they eat? They ate heart, liver, brain, kidneys. They ate the organ meats. Why? Because the organ meats is where the energy of the animal is. The muscle, they would uh, jerk it for the wintertime or give it to the dogs. But that's what we consider today the elite part of the meat is the muscle, the steaks. But back then, that wasn't the case. The organ meats is where the energy is in an animal. Energy of the food when you eat the food. So if you microwave your food, you wipe out the energy. There, there's, no, there's no life. It's dead. It's zero. So, yeah, microwaving. The only thing I use my microwave for is I put my sponges that I have on the kitchen sink in there every two days. I nuke them for a couple of minutes because it kills everything. It kills all the bacteria. Then the sponges are fresh to clean dishes and clean the countertops with. Liz has the following question. 
I think it was mentioned in Betrayal Episode 3 that the blood test for gluten intolerance was not fine enough to pick up all intolerances. Is there a test which we can ask for which is more accurate? Yes, that's very true. Unfortunately, the test of the doctor's order to look for a sensitivity to wheat um, um, are not comprehensive. They're accurate, but they're not comprehensive. And let me give you the example because your doctors don't know this. Teens are like a pearl necklace. Hydrochloric acid produced in your stomach undoes the clasp of the pearl necklace. Now you're holding a string of pearls. Your enzymes act as scissors to cut the pearl necklace into smaller clumps of pearls and then smaller clumps and smaller clumps and smaller clumps until you have just a single pearl. That's called an amino acid. And your body absorbs the amino acids very easily. There's a cheesecloth in the inside of your gut, and so the amino acids fit right through the cheesecloth. But the bigger clumps of the pearl necklace cannot fit through the cheesecloth. The problem with wheat is that no human has the scissors to cut the pearl necklace into individual pearls. The best we can do is cut it into clumps of pearls. There's a 33-pearl clump, a 17-pearl clump, a 19-pearl clump. There's all these clumps of pearls. These clumps of pearls are inflammatory, inflammation in the gut. And then the whole mechanism begins of causing gut problems that lead to autoimmune diseases. The reason I tell you this is because with wheat, there are many clumps of the pearl necklace that get formed in our gut, and they cannot be broken down into individual pearls of the pearl necklace. There are these clumps of pearls. They're called peptides. Every laboratory in the country, when checking for wheat sensitivity, looks at the 33-pearl clump. It's called alpha-glidin. And your doctor says, yes, yes, we're testing you for wheat. See, it came back negative. You don't have a problem. No. What they tested was one clump of the pearl necklace, alpha-glidin. It's a very important one to check. About 50% of the people that have a sensitivity to wheat have a sensitivity to alpha-glidin. But the rest of them don't. They've got a sensitivity to another clump of the pearl necklace. But the lab doesn't check that. They only check the 33 because that's the way it's always been done. That's the only explanation that I can come up with. So there's a couple of labs now that look at more clumps of the pearl necklace, more peptides than just the 33. The 33 is a good test, but it's not comprehensive. So on my site, you'll see both Cyrex Labs, array number five, uh, excuse me, array number three. It's, uh, it's called the Wheat Gluten Proteome. It looks at 10 clumps of the pearl necklace. And Vibrant America Wheat Zoomer that looks at, I think it's about 25 clumps of the pearl necklace. There's over 60 clumps of the pearl necklace that the literature has shown us can be a problem for people. Over 60. Why are we only checking one? No answer. No answer to that question. So the two tests that are on my site, the dr.com, are the most comprehensive that I'm aware of looking for sensitivity to wheat. 
You're listening to the Parkinson's Recovery Radio Show Network. This is your host, Robert Rogers, founder of Parkinson's Recovery. My guest is Dr. Tom O'Brien, host of the Betrayal Series and author of The Autoimmune Fix. Next question from Heather. Being from Ontario, Canada, would Dr. O'Brien pass along the name of a functional medicine consultant with experience in Parkinson's disease, or at least how to seek one out? Uh, For anyone who's looking for a functional medicine practitioner, your safest bet, uh, if they're not on betrayal, those that are on betrayal are getting swamped with calls. Uh, uh, But your safest bet is to go to the Institute for Functional Medicine's website, and that website is functionalmedicine.org functionalmedicine.org and look for a certified practitioner. There's a tab up at the top that says find a certified practitioner. And you look for a certified practitioner in your area. It's three years, over three years of study and then a, a very rigorous exam before these doctors can be certified. So you're, you've got a safe bet that that person is familiar with the functional medicine principles. And then when you have that that list, that specialized list, then you can reach out to a few and see who has experience specifically with Parkinson's. The next question comes from Bill. Could you be more specific about diet recommendations? Do you have general guidelines regarding diet? I understand different people will need to address different dietary needs, but what is working for a majority of people? That's a good question, Bill. Thank you for that. Uh, in the book, The Autoimmune Fix, I go into that in great detail. And uh, the basic three to avoid are wheat, dairy, and sugar. And you avoid those three. Now, some people are sensitive to tomatoes. Some people are sensitive to artichokes. But the basics that everyone needs to stay away from are wheat, dairy, and sugar. And if you want confirmation, you can do the blood test to check to see, do I have a sensitivity to wheat? Uh, but in, for your question, in general, the foods are wheat, dairy, and sugar. And what you want to include in your diet on a regular basis, the main emphasis that I think for people with disease is to rebuild the microbiome. To rebuild the microbiome from your food selections, here's a couple of things to include. One, you go to Whole Foods or another health food store, and you buy four or five different kinds of fermented vegetables. You, and it has to be non-pasteurized. And you might buy um, sauerkraut, kimchi, uh, curry-flavored, uh, fermented beets. You buy four or five different types, and they're in the refrigerator. And every day you have one forkful of one of them because the fermenting of the vegetables in those jars produces families of bacteria that are good for you, that are supposed to be in your gut. And so you're inoculating with different families of bacteria every day. And you're you're not just taking one probiotic pill because what's most important is the diversity in your gut. So you're not taking just one pill, one kind of bacteria. You're getting multiple, multiple, multiple strains. So that's the first thing you do. The second thing you do is you go online, you go to Google, and you type in list of prebiotic foods, not probiotic, prebiotic foods. 
And that's what you, you download that list and every day prebiotic foods as part of your food selection every day because the prebiotics feed the probiotics, the good bacteria in your gut. The prebiotics are the food for the good bacteria in your gut. So you want to be feeding the good bacteria. So download the list. You'll see there's 50 foods, 75 foods that are all prebiotics, and you just have two of those a day every day. The next concept, this is a really good one. Um, in the British Medical Journal, they published a paper in 2004 called The Poly Pill, Reduced Cardiovascular Disease by Over 80%. And what they did was a meta-analysis. What that means is that they looked at a whole bunch of studies, and they came up to some conclusions by looking at a lot of studies. And what did they find? If they could put a pill together that had six different things in it, a statin to lower cholesterol, a couple of blood pressure medications, a beta blocker, a baby aspirin, and folic acid, pills together like that, they would reduce cardiovascular disease by 85%. So all over the country, newspapers, front page of the newspapers, everyone should take a pill uh, to reduce heart disease. The, the pharmaceutical industry made sure that all the newspapers wrote articles on the front page. Eight months later, in the British Medical Journal, another paper comes out. The poly meal, a healthier and tastier alternative to the poly pill, reduced cardiovascular disease by over 75%. And they did the exact same kind of study, a meta-analysis, looking at many studies, and here's what they came up with. If you eat this way, you reduce your risk of cardiovascular disease by over 75%. Cold water fish four times a week. Everyone knows about the importance of DHA, EPA and DHA uh, from fish for brain function. Cold water fish four times a week. A pound of vegetables a day. A pound. And I say five different colors. Don't just eat a bag of carrots. Eat some carrots and some beets and some purple cabbage and some blueberries and some uh, broccoli. That five different colors a pound a day. A little bit of fresh almonds. A little bit of raw garlic. Five ounces of red wine. And a little bit of dark chocolate every day. You eat like this and you reduce your risk of cardiovascular disease by over 75%. Now, that's not brown rice and sprouts. You know, it's not a weird diet. It's a common-sense diet. A pound of vegetables a day is the big deal because that rebuilds the microbiome. There are lots, there's a lot of prebiotics in those vegetables. You're rebuilding the microbiome. So that's a general principle. Avoid wheat, avoid dairy, avoid sugar. Follow the poly meal plan. Eat... Uh, a uh, little bit of fermented vegetables every day, and make sure in your vegetable selections that you're getting at least two prebiotics a day. The next question comes from Bob, and it's a little bit long but quite interesting. I'm also of the belief that many of us have unexplored infections. With so many variables, it may be difficult to assess and to treat one person's Parkinson's symptoms using what was learned from another case. The syndrome may look the same but have a different set of causes and therefore treatments. In my own case, I have been treating for 11 years and have tried everything from sentiment and other pharma drugs to hyperbaric oxygen, 
a raft of antibiotics, 15 years of Lyme disease treatments with the best doctors in the field, various diets such as keto, uh, ketogenic, Chinese medicine, Qigong, hundreds of supplements, coffee enemas, infrared saunas, exercise, and even going to see spiritual and hands-on healers such as John of God in Brazil for several months. So far, no dice. My tremors continue to worsen, neuropathy in my legs and feet cause increasing pains, Uh, bradykinesia worsens. The most effective treatment so far has been for resofen antibiotic for 6 to 12 months along with some other antibiotics. So the question is, could you please share with us your direct experiences with Parkinson's disease patients? How many cases have you seen or know about who have experienced significant improvement? Okay, that's quite an intro to the question. I love cases like that. Those are the case. I love cases where they say, I've been to Mayo Clinic and no one knows what's wrong. And I say, that's great. That's really great. That means you don't have a disease because if you had a disease, Mayo Clinic would find it. You've got dysfunction. Let's see what's not functioning right. So this, this um, uh, person who wrote this question has been um, through a lot of, sounds like, very good therapy. And it sounds like what's giving the most relief is uh, the antibiotics for 6 to 12 months. And, yes, hidden infections, you're right. Well, where are they hiding? And if you've done antibiotics for 6 to 12 months and uh, it it hasn't quite addressed it yet, you've got antibiotic-resistant bacteria, possibly, or you've got uh, viruses, and the viruses are triggering this. So you'd want to check the microbiome. You go back, I go back to the microbiome once again. And what do you see in a microbiome? Uh, Is it in balance? Is it out of balance? You fix the balance. They run us. You know, there are 10 times more cells of bacteria in the gut than all the cells in the human body put together. 10 times more cells. It's remarkable. I mean, it's hard to imagine, but that is the case. And those bacteria have a hundred times more cells, I'm sorry, a hundred times more genes than the human genome. And genes control 10 times more of them, and they've got a hundred times more control. So the question is, who's running who? Are we humans with a lot of bacteria, or are we bacteria having a human experience? And it sounds cute, but it's a valid question. Usually at conferences after about the, uh, when we're on the second glass of wine, we'll start these kinds of discussions of how the microbiome just controls everything. It controls your brain function, your liver function, your heart function. So when you've got a constant inflammatory neurodegenerative state, the first thing on the list that needs to be addressed is the microbiome. Is my microbiome in balance or out of balance? And the best test that I've seen so far for that is the gut pack test. I have three final questions from Tim, and obviously Tim has been watching the Betrayal series. In episode six of the series, a Dr. Dedes Karazin alludes to some diseases as, quote, a point of no return, end quote, referencing Parkinson's and Alzheimer's 
Is this a valid premise? That's a really good question. That that is my good friend, Datis Karazian, and he is brilliant. And he teaches doctors functional neurology. He's just brilliant. And um, uh, I would have agreed with him um, uh, without hesitation until I talked to Dr. Dale Bredesen at UCLA, who I talked about earlier, who reversed Alzheimer's in nine out of 10 people within five years. But it took five years and an extremely comprehensive functional medicine approach. And I don't think Dr. Karazian uh, nor most functional medicine practitioners um, have applied the type of comprehensive overview that Dr. Bredesen has applied. So there is, a, uh, he's the cream of the crop, Dr. Bredesen, uh, in his clinical protocols. But you understand, five years. How many patients are going to stay compliant for five years? All of the recommendations. Mrs. Patient, we're going to completely change your lifestyle. Uh, and if you read his paper, and it's the journal Aging in November of 2004, it's free online, Dr. Dale Bredesen, B-R-E-D-E-S-E-N, you'll find it there. Read his paper, and you see there are so many things to check. And you, you want to address this condition? You have to be that comprehensive, especially for the more advanced cases, because what Dr. Karazian is saying is that <clears throat> when you kill brain cells, you know, brain cells are connected to each other. And when a brain cell dies, you lose the connection from the cells on both sides of it. And when you make a new cell, you don't like automatically just replace in the same connection. But when you make new cells, you have to leapfrog over the dead cell to connect with the cells that, were, that you were connected with before. And he said, you know, at a certain point, you kill up so many cells, you can't leapfrog anymore. And there's a lot of validity to that. Uh, the work of Dr. Bredesen says, you know, we may have to reevaluate that. We may have to think a little bit differently now because he's reversed moderate to severe Alzheimer's within five years. So it's an expanding world that we don't have all the answers to yet. The second of three questions from Tim is, Tim is the following. Of the diseases that are outlined in the Betrayal series, there is an avoidance mild referencing in addressing the more hideous brain diseases like Parkinson's and Alzheimer's. Was this intentional? No. No, the mechanism is the same for all degenerative diseases. It's the same. And now the third question from um, Tim is, is Parkinson's and Alzheimer's an autoimmune disorder or something more catastrophic? Alzheimer's and Parkinson's have an autoimmune mechanism at their core. The killing off of your cells is an autoimmune mechanism. So the autoimmune mechanism is a component of all degenerative diseases. We have to stop thinking about one disease, one treatment. Dr. Bredesen demonstrated that with the most devastating of diseases, Alzheimer's. There is no one treatment. There were 34 different things that he had to check. And when those are checked and the patient's given the right guidance on what to do for each of the ones that were out of balance, they got better autoimmune mechanism 
is at the foundation of degenerative diseases. So everything you learn in betrayal is extremely relevant to Parkinson's. As a reminder to listeners, you can get access to the seven videos from the Betrayal series this weekend. They're all up and available for viewing for free on the radio show page. Click on the link that will take you to an introductory video by Dr. O'Brien. It's about a six-minute video that gives you an overview of the series. Then you provide your email, and you will be receiving an email then from him that will allow you to have connection links to this particular series. I've said it already, but I'll say it again. I've watched each and every one of these seven videos, and it is a spectacular series. You really don't want to miss viewing this. So set some time uh, this weekend to be able to access all of the seven videos. The sixth video is focused primarily on the issue of the brain, and the seventh is a video that has testimonials from individuals uh, who have addressed their issues uh, with the kind of approach that Dr. O'Brien recommends. About 50% of the symptoms that people express are all associated with Parkinson's. So I think you'll find this series has profound implications of the steps you can make to be able to get relief from your own symptoms. So, Dr. O'Brien, you have provided such rich and helpful and profound information to listeners from across the globe as you think back over everything we've discussed, what is the one kind of a thing you want listeners to be sure and take away from this interview? Oh, thank you for that. I guess I would say every disease is a disease of inflammation. Every disease. So a basic premise that has to be included with no exceptions, throwing gasoline on the fire. You have to find out what it is in your lifestyle that's inflammatory and reduce the inflammation. Food sensitivities are most common, but if you have toxic metals in your body, they have to, you have to get them out of there. If you've got toxic chemicals in your body, you've got to get them out of there. Whatever is causing the inflammation, you have to remove the gasoline. And you can't have a little wheat once in a while. Oh, I'm really good. I just have one cheat day a week. That doesn't work. One exposure to a wheat product when you have a sensitivity to wheat and you have elevated antibodies anywhere from two to six months causing inflammation from one exposure. So once you see what's happening for you, what the tests tell you about the foods you're sensitive to and all of that, you don't cheat. You want to get well, you want to stop this degenerative process, you have to stop the inflammation. That's a primary focus for everyone. There's much more than that, but no one is thinking about the inflammation and they're causing, they're throwing more gasoline on the fire while they're trying to put the fire out with something else. So if there's one takeaway, that's it, is the anti-inflammatory overview is critical. Dr. O'Brien, you're also the author of the autoimmune fix that was just released this year. Tell listeners just a little bit about that book. Oh, thank you. The autoimmune fix is all about what we're talking about in betrayal with many, many examples 
a lot of guidelines, recipes, meal plans, uh, what foods are safe, which ones are not, where are the hidden sources of wheat, like in lipstick or in shampoos, um, all of the little things you wouldn't think of, uh, what heavy metals are we commonly exposed to, how do you test for them, uh, should I have green tea, should I not? Um, there are so many pearls, so many individual things to do uh, in, in the book. It's just excellent. The feedback has been remarkable. People are finding it very useful and a, a true aha. They see it again and again. Aha. Uh-huh. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, that's great to know <laughs> things like that. And I must say it's uh, received rave reviews from individuals who have already had a chance to look and read that particular book. So for those of you listening to this program today and tomorrow and over the coming weeks and years, know that this information provides incredible useful help in being able to learn how to heal from the inside out. I do understand many of you have focused your energies on suppressing symptoms, but Dr. O'Brien's work it takes a very different and revolutionary approach. Uh, so this weekend, I just want to say once again, your time will be well spent if you connect in and watch some, if not all, of the videos from the Betrayal series. And we haven't mentioned this, but Dr. O'Brien also has several question and answer videos that uh, you can uh, also watch, as well as some uh, bonus videos. And so it's an amazing series, and I just want to say again uh, from people who've already seen it as well as myself, it's a winner, and I'm so pleased to, to be able to tell all of you about this amazing work. And, Dr. O'Brien, you basically traveled all over the place to get these interviews done. Isn't that right? Yes, yes. Um, uh, I think it's about 160 or 170,000 air miles. Um to Europe, uh, to London three times, and Leipzig, Germany, and Barcelona, Lisbon, Madrid, uh, uh, wherever the scientists were. I read their research papers, and they had great papers. Then I'd go find them and, and interview them. We, we bring a film crew with us and video this, and that's how the Betrayal series came about. And your passion is to get the word out to the whole world. Isn't that right? That is correct. That's exactly what we're trying to do here, is to get the whole world to understand these basic foundational concepts. Because these scientists, all of these scientists, they're not functional medicine practitioners. They don't have a big picture overview. They all have a piece of the puzzle. And they talk about their piece and how important it is. And when you hear these different pieces of the puzzle, it just makes so much sense. Wow, I never thought of that. My doctor never talked about that. And it just makes sense that you want to include this line of thinking as you're dealing with any autoimmune disease. I want to also make an interesting observation, Dr. O'Brien. You discuss in your series and in your book the importance of a diversity in the gut. And it's very clear that in your own approach to this research, you have opened up your vision to interviewing people from not just the United States, but from across the globe. And you've taken the effort uh, to get on a plane with your film crews and capture the wisdom of people from countries across the globe. So you are, in fact, doing exactly what you say we all ought to do, and that is to 
make sure that our gut is maintained and we respect the importance of diversity. That's exactly right. It is critically important, a critically important component of being healthy. And if you ever want to look at some of these studies, the studies themselves, you can go to PubMed, that stands for Public Medical, pubmed.gov, and that's the National Library of Medicine. And it's their website. It opens up on the search engine. Just type in um, the autoimmunity of Parkinson's and just see the studies. Just read the studies. And you go, oh, my goodness. Well, this makes perfect sense. Okay. And very technical studies, but it will give you validation that, that learning more about this, this venue, about this way of looking at things is just going to help you. It's going to help you with what you're dealing with. Dr. Tom O'Brien, I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for taking the time to answer these questions submitted by members of my audience. Uh, it's been a fascinating and I think revolutionary opportunity uh, for people to learn more about what is really necessary for them to reverse the symptoms they're currently experiencing. Thank you so much for taking the time to be with us today. Oh, thank you. It's a real pleasure to be with you, and thank you for hosting this, and I wish everyone Godspeed in their health journey. And that's what's happening on, you guessed it, the shores of the Puget Sound, where all the women are smart, all the men are handsome, and all the children are truly loved. Know that by virtue of the fact you are listening to my interview today with the amazing Dr. Tom O'Brien, that you indeed are on the road to recovery. I'm Dr. Robert Rogers from Parkinson's Recovery. It's been a pleasure and an honor to be connecting with each of you today. Good day.